Welcome back to Millennial Z and Boomer X. I'm Boomer X. I'm Millennial Z. And today we're talking about superhero movies. And are you sick of them yet? <laughs> uh, they have been huge in the last 10 years. Um, they really started taking off, I think, about 20 years ago with uh, yeah. the first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire in 2002. Mm -hmm. And it did so well that you knew there was going to be a sequel, which is fine. I was anxious to see it. Mm -hmm. uh, I know I took you to the movies to see it, you and your brother. Yeah. And we were wowed by it, even though it departed a little bit from the comics, but not much. I mean, it was true to the Marvel character pretty much. Yeah, I mean, as soon as they saw, I mean, as soon as they implemented the uh, him having natural web slinging abilities. That was the only real difference at the yeah, time. Yeah, and at the time I was like, oh, that's not what I wanted, but whatever, you know. Right, right. It's some, it, you know, there's going to be differences, creative differences mm -hmm. or whatever. And, and, and I was fine with that. Although it was a part of his character about him being smart enough that he could create that as a teenager. He was supposed right. to be a genius. It was, so. it was kind of a big deal. It's like, oh, he's supposed to be a genius just to make some of this stuff his own, you know. Right. He's supposed to really be able to make his own gadgets. Yeah. He's supposed to be on sub on the par of, you know, uh, Fantastic Four um, and uh, Tony Stark. Well, that, was a, that was the next, I think, big movie was Fantastic Four for Marvel that came out. And, and we're geeking out here talking about that. But that's <laughs> one of the things that uh, if, you're, if you're not into those movies, you're probably fully worn out on them. You're just sick of it and thinking, okay, when, when do we get back to regular storytelling with real people? And the thing is, it's all fiction, uh, unless it's a documentary. And even then, it has that person's editing and personal spin on it to show mm -hmm. what he wants to show or leave out what he thinks is innocuous, but it may not be. And this has taken the public by storm, captured their imagination, and offered entertainment. I mean, that's the bottom line for movies, as far as I'm concerned. The critics mm -hmm. can say what they will, and people can complain or champion their particular view or movies, and that's all good and well. But bottom line is, did you have a good time when you sat there and watched that? Uh, that right. That's really, that's really what it's all about. Mm -hmm. And um, like I said before, and I'm I'm pulling up some stats just so we can let people know why everything's coming up, why they're having superhero movies constantly. And as we said, in the first Spider-Man, it came out in 2002 with T Tobey Maguire, and it has grossed over $825 million at the box office so far. Wow. That, yeah. I was, I was expecting less. Yeah. I, mean, I know it's big, but that's still almost a billion. Yeah, that's just box office. That doesn't include downloads watching at home tv mm -hmm. merchandising which i'm sure is considerably more than that uh yeah. dvd and download rentals that's just box office receipts 825 million dollars but really that too and it's the it's the godfather sequel to all the other ones the spectacular spider-man the amazing spider-man with you know Andrew yeah, Garfield you know, and tom holland that was, that was done without stan lee's uh, approval he got no money from it until he sued them civilly because it was his creation mm -hmm. uh, with marvel as he was the editor at the time and he won millions and millions of dollars for that because they failed to acknowledge him at all even though the company received some of the money but mm. it was a different they had a different contractual arrangement they gave no credit to stan lee at all as far as i know uh, no credit monetarily 
for that character. And this is Sony owning it the entire time during Not, that as well. It has changed hands because it's been 20 years. It has changed hands about Sony has it. Uh, then and now Disney has it. Disney has Marvel. Before that, uh, I think I know they're had... I, they're technically renting the contract, right? Yeah, like... there's a whole bunch of legal things that they have mm-hmm. to sort out. That's the reason why you haven't seen uh, any Hulk standalone movies lately, and things like that. Which is a shame because the Incredible Hulk movie, the 2008 one, somewhere around there, that was an amazing movie. Yeah, I really you thought so. A lot of people were hating on it. I thought that was so good. That was yeah, such a good iteration. I thought they did a good job with it. But again, we're geeking out on it. And if people are sick of these movies, <laughs> they're hating. Like, what are you talking? Well, the thing is, that movie, and it was the one of the tamest of all. It was the first one. The CGI wasn't as good as it is now. The direction, they don't have the continuity, and the movies are all woven together now in the Marvel Universe. Uh, there, uh, There's a phase, I think we're in phase four, beginning of phase four now. There's supposed to be a phase five with the Marvel continuity all the movies and series working together uh but the first modern marvel movie i think was still spider-man with toby Maguire. but the first modern dc movie was 1989 with michael keaton as batman and that movie has made 411.6 million dollars at the box office and that was in i thought there was an even older one I'm sure well, they had older ones, movies. 1960s, but I'm not including that as modern movie. That's gotcha. not the modern take on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's more of a archaic kind of, you know, tongue-in-cheek you. parody mm-hmm. of things. And that's the way comics yeah. were seen. Pam, wow, then. a lot of automatopias. Exactly. And... That was 1966. That was actually the year I was born that movie came out. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it. I mean, so, <laughs> and, and they were having a good time. And that's, <laughs> that's to be expected because it was a kid thing. And that thing is not a kid thing anymore. It's an adult thing. And it's captured many people's imaginations. And as long as they're making money like this, you're going to keep seeing movies like this until not just a few individuals are sick of them, but everybody's sick of them. You're going to, when they start spending over $100 million for the movie and the movie bombs, then you'll stop seeing these kind of movies. And it's going to have to be more than once because. Yeah. It's, it's a tried and true method now. It's been yes, done. Yes. Yes. It's been and, shown uh, to work every time. And even if you replace the actors, like Spider-Man's already had three main actors, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's still the latest Spider-Man has been uh, No Way Home with Tom Holland. It's only been out a couple of weeks, and it's already made $1.8 billion so far. Insane. At the box office. It's still, um, to me, that's not as impressive as 2007, Tobey Maguire to me, because I know it's less, it's less than half the money, but... You didn't have that. That was Spider Man too, right? You didn't have that fan service. You didn't have the amount right. Of people that you didn't have everybody involved. pulled in. You know, right. uh, he was doing it. He was pretty much on his own. That was the first one, and he had to capture people's imaginations. Well, I think it was only possible because I noticed the storylines. Because I was a comic book geek when I was a, a young teenager, and I would, you know, get them and collect them. We didn't have a lot of money, so I would have to. Uh, do little odd jobs and stuff and I'd spend what little I had on one I could afford it or my friends and I would trade them and we'd read each other's comic books and it didn't start getting good the old comics were like the old Batman movie in the 60s they were just trite it was about action and goofiness and and insane characters doing crazy things that weren't possible if you're a human and it was just an escape in the most obvious way where sometime in the 80s they started using 
people who wrote novels and short stories to write comic book stories and it changed dramatically there was character development there was consistent is that when dark horse dialogue. dark horse was introduced and, and such or was that i later think on? i think that came in yeah sometime in the 80s uh but that that happened of course uh, you had the independent comics like dark horse and other mm-hmm. people but it crept into marvel and dc too I think DC was like the last holdout of goofy comic characters. The old Superman in the 70s. Yeah, they cartoons. really wanted to keep the tradition of keeping it that certain image for a long yeah, time. Yeah, but they caved in because people just stopped reading their comics. And yeah. they had to do something to keep up, especially with the explosion of the X-Men, which you saw come about. And the X-Men was the first one to really start developing characters and continual plot lines. So each comic book was a uh, like another chapter in a novel that was being created by these writers and mm-hmm. inkers and pencilers. And it was an entire theme until it was done. And then you'd have a new group of writers and, and artists come out to create a new theme. And you see right. that in the last couple of decades, but it's again, if, if they continue to make money uh, like they're doing, it's going to continue to go. I have the top four ranked movies, of all time, the number one is Avatar. I already knew that, that one. Yeah, and that's a fantasy movie, which is almost comic look, comic book like in its presentation. Uh, it's a science fiction story, which I read a lot of as a kid and a teenager, and even a young adult. But it has a comic book like feel to it, with the the CGI and the romantic story and a hero and all this yeah. kind of thing. That's what I would push it towards is, is they definitely have a center point hero that's saving the world. Right. And, and the that. latest the latest figures is a lifetime gross of two point eight four seven billion dollars at the box office with Avatar. Yeah. That's that's no Not merchandising numbers. Yeah, that's yeah. no no merchandising, no video downloads, no DVDs. And I don't think people use DVDs much anymore. But even then, that's that's just raw ticket sales at the box office. Two point Eight four seven billion dollars. The next one, number two, is Avengers Endgame, the culmination of I think phase two of the Marvel or phase three. I can't remember. I don't know where we are. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it's the end of phase two because phase three was series release with Disney Plus, and now we're starting phase four. Uh, but the lifetime no gross of that movie at number two was two point seven nine eight billion dollars so just behind avatar in number two real close box office only and i think the merchandising sales is even bigger way bigger than avatar Avatar. yeah so they made a lot more money off of it in total and third take a guess another superhero movie or titanic ah yeah you, you tell me which i would think titanic maybe yes yeah titanic is number three but it's a distant three. It's two point two billion. It's a half a billion dollars, more than half a billion, almost almost point six billion dollars behind Avengers Endgame. And I don't think there was a whole lot of merchandising opportunity off of Titanic. Um, no. Too many people want to buy sunken ships, or, <laughs> <laughs> or you know, a floating door maybe, yeah, floating door or dolls of Leonardo DiCaprio and, and uh, yeah. Kate Winslet. It's just in a car and, maybe, in a necklace that was thrown overboard. That's pretty much the, the opportunities you have for Titanic at the time. So, 
you're not going to have window T model, maybe. You're right, you're right. You're not going to have a whole lot of money making opportunities except uh, movie sales, and yeah. that, and that's it. And again, it was a distant third. And fourth, any idea? Just take a stab. Is it superhero relative? I'm or... not giving hints. Just take a oh, first man. thing pops in your head. I couldn't tell you. Okay. Tell you. So no guess. No uh, guess. Okay. Star Wars Episode Eight: The Force Awakens. Would never have guessed Star Wars. Yeah, it's been around a while since 1975, 76. So I, I would have never you guessed. Can imagine Star Wars. Star Wars, but it's Episode Eight. That's the thing, and it's a distant fourth, two point oh six nine five billion dollars so just over two billion so it's which one is the force awakens is this with force new characters this isn't with um that's the one with ray the latest latest okay yeah the force i didn't watch those i watched the first one and after that i was like meh oh my i say uh no it's uh it says the force awakens and it's shown as seven my bad not um so it's the seventh one yes so it's the beginning of so it was the first one Oh, it was Anakin. I think so. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not much of a Star Wars guy. So let me look it up. I don't want to give misinformation, uh, and we'll Back see. Check it real quick. But I know it's number seven. Um, and it, and how much it may. I'm doing it right now. No, oh, okay. That was with um, Ray and Kylo Ren and old Harrison Ford. Han really? Mm-hmm. So that's episode. Yeah, they they changed prequels and so that changed up the numbering so that messed me up and that's what i thought that was ray that's the most modern one and it's of course living off of its legacy and continuation that was the first one though and first I, one and I can understand, yeah and i can understand because even i watched it and i wasn't really yeah. interested in it but i was like let's go watch it in the movies it's let's, curious it's, it's gonna and what'd you think not nearly as what i i mean i i've never been a big star wars movie fan i've always been right. a big U- star wars universe fan but i don't like yeah. the the idea the is good but they always the they always yeah. seem to disappoint and that's mm-hmm. that's what happened with that movie and why you don't see anything coming up about that movie since except potential merchandising they're scrambling to rewrite that and you see what's coming out now with Disney Plus stuff, The Mandalorian, Boba Fett, Rogue mm-hmm. One, all that stuff is about the time period between when Luke started coming up and when when Ray started The Force Awakens. So the time between that, The New Republic, essentially, is what all the movies are being made about because they look at that as much more potentially lucrative because I think they know that there's nothing wrong with a female protagonist as a hero. It's just the way they did it was simply insulting to a lot of people yeah she was very shallow there was a lot of problems with that but she wasn't even close to the main problems that yeah she was personally. a mary sue really she mm. could do no wrong and you knew mm. she was going to be and she's the strongest ever she was she part was of the diet. superman of the star wars you're like yeah. i already know how this plays out you know yeah and that gets boring in a hurry and you want to mm. see some some conflict some genuine conflict where you're worried whether or not even though you know since it's their movie they're going to pull it out but you want to feel like they might lose. They had and a that, good couple branch offs. The Rogue, the Rogue series was. I watched those. Right, those were the highest right. one. Well, that's the period where I'm talking about. That's prior to mm-hmm. that Force Awakens movie, and it's during a time when everything was kind of wild and woolly, and you were reestablishing characters, and you knew what they did. And it was references to things that were done in previous movies that were released. So you had that continuing legacy. 
where the one with Ray was rewriting the whole thing. But we're saying that I think you're going to see new Star Wars movies come out mm-hmm. and it's going to be in that period. It's not going to be anything to do with The Force Awakens and on for quite some time. I think they're having that same issue with um, the play out scenes and these superhero movies is they're starting to see a formula and people are starting to possibly right. just get tired of it. Well, I have to say, I it seems formulaic. All movies are really formulaic in the way yeah. they do it. But it's becoming obvious. I think what's obvious is with superhero stuff that it's it's becoming old and like, okay, what can they do next? Yawn. This is really not mm-hmm. catching my attention. And even then, um, like I said, Batman with Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson made four hundred and twelve million dollars almost. What about the one with George Clooney? <laughs> uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't even look that up. I don't, I don't think it was much of a flash in the pan as <laughs> that one was. However, was that was, was uh, Mr. Freeze? Was that that one, or is that a different one? I, I can't remember. I've just I, been so I long, don't so remember long. either. I, I wasn't yeah. much of a Batman fan. I just enjoyed it, and the reason why my generation saw comic books evolve into something that required some imagination and thought and continued character development, mm-hmm. it became a literary device, and graphic novels came out and required more thought and deliberation in their creation and captured more people. And then of course, uh, Gen X kids, uh, and, and early are very late boomers. I think anybody older than that have no use for that, but I know a guy who was definitely a boomer, um, was in Vietnam as a tunnel rat. And he was just wowed by the first Avengers movie. He just couldn't believe how good it looked how creative the characters were, how cool it was, how they set the pace, how they developed it, everything, how the plot was. He truly enjoyed the first Avengers movie and said it was the best movie he'd ever seen when it came out. And you'd never expect it from this guy. He was a very practical down to earth guy. And I thought that was pretty exceptional, but he wasn't the only one. After that movie came out, it really blew up. The numbers blew up after that. And a lot of people poo-poo the Ultron movie, but it kept it going. You may not have particularly liked that character and how they did it, but it kept the idea moving and it made a ton of money too, uh, which set up for the, the following Infinity War saga and Civil War saga and all that. So you have many things going on and as long as they can pull those huge numbers, you're going to continue to see more superhero movies. I'm not sure because I didn't see the you know the birth or genesis of the avengers obviously because i wasn't around when that happened but i do know in the movie sake saga you mean in the comics in the comics right i yeah, don't know it was, how it, it started was pretty off. bad it was nothing like the movies it didn't start off anything like the movies that they so, they had their own uh way of doing it in the movies and that's cool yeah so, so i remember them doing uh iron man first was the first Mm-hmm. iteration towards this whole series they were planning mm-hmm. to do yeah how they handled it in the movies was fine it, i didn't find it offensive and, i enjoyed I thought, it yeah i found iron man probably the best iteration like robert downey jr did a great job mm-hmm. the, the way they had his whole story was really close to what i remember from the little snippets of reading some comic books on iron man's origin story they did it was pretty accurate they did stay pretty close to the comic origins on mm-hmm. iron man they got away from how he how the mandarin character is yeah a lot. it angered a lot of people so it doesn't matter to you if you're not a comics geek but 
if you are, that was offensive. But they're trying to bring it back with the latest movie with Shang Chi and and, mm. and the others. So you know they're they're trying to weave that all together, and they're finally having my favorite comic book character come out as a series on Disney Plus as Moon Knight. And if they do it right, it could be tremendous. If they do it wrong, it's going to be laughably bad, mm-hmm. but still interesting to me just because the character is so complex. And it was a, you take Batman and how do you twist it and make him crazier and more interesting at the same time? That's, that's who Moon Knight <laughs> is. So right. that, and like I said, Batman was always okay. He was a character and I was a teen, a young teen. So, you know, you follow it, but I, yeah, he was, he never did much for me, but Moon Knight was a totally different thing. I really liked that character. Yeah. Moon Knight was kind of like a Batman spawn to me, not necessarily with the powers of spawn, but the inner demons and the, and the inner turmoil, yeah, turmoil Moon Knight's, problems. That's the thing. Moon Knight's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was initially introduced as someone who was hunting werewolves in the old mystical kind of thing. And, but like Batman, super rich, had gadgets, all this, but his, his backstory was more mystical and arcane. Batman forces his through fear uh, Moon Knight uses fear as well, but also has some magical assistance. Mm-hmm. So where Batman does not, although in the DC world, you see Batman goes back and forth with magical characters and the other original Justice League characters don't. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of a crosser, but Moon Knight's solidly over there. And he's uh, superhumanly strong when the moon is high and tough and he regenerates and all this stuff that Batman doesn't have. He just has more gadgets and i suppose the next phase four as you were saying is them making series instead of movies. well they already did that in uh middle of phase three if i'm thinking of it because they did loki and, and correct vision they did loki and, and and vision right wanda and vision mm-hmm. and um the new captain america with uh falcon and winter Soldier. oh yeah right yeah. i heard that was actually pretty good yeah i saw that and it was pretty good uh, mm-hmm. I was I was pleased they did a nice job with it because it could have gone sideways in a hurry, mm-hmm. but they did a really nice job. In fact, I like how they handled Winter Soldier better in the movies than in the comics. And I wasn't a big Winter Soldier fan at all. It was just crossover stuff. So that was interesting. They kept true to the Captain America stuff. And if you're not a comics nerd, I apologize for all this comic <laughs> talk, but I'm just thinking back and, and, putting it together in my mind between the comics and the movies. And I thought they did a pretty good job, especially they're doing this for modern audiences who have no interest in reading comics and haven't seen them in the past. And really for the younger ones like millennial Z here and younger, and they need to make it topical current and entertaining for those people while still staying true to the characters. And I thought they did a good job. And as long as they keep doing that, and especially as long as they keep making money, you're going to keep seeing movies. It's going to be interesting to see how they handle the newer characters because you're going to have to introduce new characters to keep people wanting to see the next movie. Because after a while, you're going to be like, eh, who cares? You know, like even Superman, they have to recreate that character every time for the movies to make it interesting. And you'll see it wait years before another one comes out. And I think the latest version of it, of Superman is really good. Uh, mm-hmm. with Henry Cavell or Henry yeah. Cavill. He's a really, really good choice. Uh, he, you look at him and go, yeah, it's Superman. I mean, yeah, he definitely he fits the picture. The picture. Mm-hmm. I think these, 
I think these people getting tired of and and the and the expression of people getting tired of these movies is already happening with uh, iterations like The Boys from Amazon and um, spinoffs. Yeah, you parodies. see them have the right. corruption. They're doing it as a. I don't know if it's a parody other than it's a twist. Because... Right. It's a I, yeah. I say parody not as in a joking manner, but a parody as in you, you, you're obviously. These taking, guys aren't truth. Taking justice. this image, right? You're taking this image right. of a superhero, and you're and you're bringing in realism and how right. these people would actually act with this amount of power. And, and they're villainous to... instead of heroic, mm-hmm. right? And of but course they're, they're owned, though. right? And of course they're owned by a corporation, and it's implied that that's what makes them villainous. And I don't, I don't mm-hmm. think that's necessarily so, because they could certainly be working for the government and be just as villainous. So. Mm-hmm. You know, that whole thing is, but it's implied in the way they write it that this is the corporation that causes them to be. They're raising that way and they're creating that, um, for lack of a better term, superhero serum to put mm-hmm. in them. As There's babies. definitely some narratives going on there, but right, right. I, I think that expression of people seeing and getting tired of, of the, the same formula of how superheroes must be done yeah. is well, being expressed I... through the boys and such. And that's fine. And I enjoy that series too. And it's it's different than um certainly the main stream superhero stuff between marvel and dc that was more of a twist from an independent uh, comic book venture Mm -hmm. and it's a welcome one because you see they're not they're just people that happen to have superpowers like what would happen Mm -hmm. and that's interesting to me because they act more like human beings and less like myths myths like heroes and mythical beings uh, that have integrity there are people who have a great deal of integrity but curiously, these people aren't the ones that want to run for political office. They aren't the ones that, you know, in real life, they aren't the ones that are typical heroes, except by accident. They're the, these guys know how most people are, how politics works and all these things. And they simply don't want to be bothered. They don't want to break their integrity and their promises to themselves. And they're going to be good people no matter what. And those kind of people just see how other people act and just don't want to associate with them. Mm-hmm. So I suppose another one I was trying to think of another op- option was Jupiter's Legacy, even though it flopped, was another. Yeah, kind of, uh, that twist. was. Yeah, that was OK. I believe that was a Netflix mm-hmm. uh, production and it was kind of slow in the beginning and the way they did the timelines was a bit confusing. And I'm sure that was on purpose to make it different. Mm-hmm. So that we would have something like, okay, this is different. I'll continue to watch it because I was getting superhero burnout by that point too. Yeah. But I remember hearing about it, never saw it. And I watched it and it was one season and it bombed so badly. And that was probably due to superhero burnout because the production value was pretty good. The story they were there lacking was choreography. I remember those fight scenes just being really bad. Yeah. To it, what people it are was, used to now. but it was, it was superhero like, so I don't, I don't mm-hmm. fault him on it too much for that. When you Maybe have superheroes, they're trying to go for a hokey looking because superheroes. Yeah, it, I don't think it was too hokey, but I think they were just trying to capture the the super more than in in the modern stuff. And I think the way it was presented, and the fact that there was a little bit of superhero burnout, is what made it bomb. And it and it may be that the way it was presented was the cause of it more than anything. Because when I was legitimately like. I was to the point where I don't really care and I like mm-hmm. these things. So if I was thinking that way, think about the people who are lukewarm. They bailed probably after two right. episodes, like this doesn't even make sense or I don't care what happens next, even if it was well produced and well acted. You know, what's interesting enough is I'm usually the 
the uh, the fight porn guy. I'll I'll just watch a series just to watch the, the fight scenes. Is really what I'll go for, right? <laughs> well, yeah. So if with anime be... and stuff. Yeah. And so so that for that one to have really low standards for fight scenes, but what actually kept me watching it was actually how they did the story because it was different, and I was like, right. Oh, and I think okay, that, this is different. I think that was their shot at it, and it kept you in because this mm-hmm. was something different, and it kept me wondering. So. For the hardcore uh, superhero watchers, it, it kept us going. But for those who could take it or leave it, it turned them off and they ran mm-hmm. away. At least that's what I think. So they're going to have to be very careful about how they move forward with these movies or they're going to start losing people. And their budgets yeah. are super high right now. And yeah. they, they have Insanely the potential high. to lose quite a bit of money. Well, they have to be to keep the CGI looking realistic as a large portion of the movies now are CGI when you have superhero effects and movement and digitization of people and they're looking perfect and doing these wondrous things on a continuous basis in fantastic exotic places. So you're going to mm-hmm. have to have that very expensive CGI and high level actors. I don't know why, but for some reason, if the person isn't famous and a superhero, they're not as interesting. <laughs> <laughs> If it's somebody you don't know, right? I don't, I don't believe so. Yeah, I, I, I can't be a superhero. Aren't known, but it's funny personally. how human beings are irrational about that. Because like, uh, I think we already have a standard towards them, but that's getting in a phil- philosophical sense of how. Well, we it's all philosophical people. for superhero stuff because if we all know this is all fiction, and right. that's another thing. This is the equivalent of the male version of action. Um, movie stuff where the you know the women have a hallmark lifetime channel and they can oh yeah this is definitely action you know this i think it seems to me like it's more oriented toward men watching the movie Mm -hmm. and okay you have your audience i'm I'm sure women love it too and for good reason it's well acted well written and the special effects are cool and they have strong female leads which is cool like black widow and some of the other ones yeah, they tried that with Wonder Woman, and the first movie was yeah. Good. Wonder Woman was a great movie. Yeah. The first one was really good. The second one was got really DC for me. She started lassoing lightning bolts, and I was like, yeah, okay. I never saw it. Never Whoa. saw it. That and was a little much for me. I was like, okay, a little <laughs> too was... fantastic. And you're like, well, this is all fantastic in the first place, but you have to have right. Like, that, oh. that was your line of a cringe. I was like. Right? Yeah, I just started cringing on the inside. I'm like, man, they're really going yeah. for this one. I Meaning. And, and here's all things about these movies. You must maintain in, internal consistency and logic. As soon as you start abandoning that, you're going to turn the most hardcore follower off. Yeah. You do it too many times and you just lost. If you lose a hardcore follower, you've lost millions of others. That's well, I'm excited, with, I'm excited with people realizing it's a formulaic and it's kind of getting stale and them kind of getting burned out on it. So the money pool is still there, but maybe there's more iterations because I'm a huge fan of, you know, Universe X which is, a, is a, a spinoff of the Avengers and how that all panned out, which was one of those graphic novels you bought me when I was a kid. And it was, mm-hmm. it was a big deal. It was, it was very well produced and very well written out. And I love that series because yeah, it's a lot I'm grittier. Right, and I want more iterations of those same people, but in much grittier formats, you know, and much well, that's much more realistic, depend. much more human stakes in mind. Right, that's going to depend upon how the audience receives what's put out there. Like, yeah. uh, if if they start losing money, it's a business. Bottom line, it's a business. If they make money, they're going to keep doing it. 
If they start failing to make money, they're going to stop doing it and start mm -hmm. doing something else. You'll see more of these fantastic bank heist movies and old Westerns pop up. They try all sorts of things to get people to go into the movies to make money. Mm -hmm. And they hit the jackpot with the superhero thing because it started, they started making more and more money as the years went by with superhero movies because they saw they made some, so they dumped more and more money into it. And with more money comes better production values, better actors, better It was kind lines. of a rough start. I remember, you know, Incredible Hulk not doing that well, even though I loved it. Ghost Rider didn't do that well, even though it was okay. Nicolas Cage. The first one was okay. I'll give it that. The second it one was like a B-rated movie. Yeah, yeah. It got, it got bad quick. I don't know why they did that. Sometimes you just hit a foul ball and uh, you, you think it's good and everybody's telling you it's a foul ball. Mm -hmm. I did hear that they were going to make another Ghost Rider uh, with a different person, but I don't know well. who. Yeah, that, that's one of those characters that could be very, very well done. And they're going to have to bring him back for, I think, phase five of the Avengers. Of course, the latest one with the Eternals, it's not doing so well at the box office. But it's only not doing well compared to the other Marvel movies. It still made money. Lots right. of it. it was yeah, it just, went profit. It still went up. It's just these characters right. are so... Yes, it's just that these characters were so different than the other Marvel characters. They had a different feel. But they stayed pretty true to the original Eternal characters in the comics. So yeah, you had no that weirdness. You'd have to be a hardcore comic book fan back in the early 80s to know who these guys were. Yeah. And... Eh, you know, it was okay. Uh, I, I thought it was worth seeing. It was worth doing. It wasn't a failure by any means. And I know they're going to weave those characters into the continuing plot to bring it all together. You know, I've heard they're going to bring X-Men into with the Avengers and, of course, the Eternals. And you see uh, they're already talking about Celestials and other things. So they're getting big, ready for a big multi universal mm -hmm. event that's going to require everybody everywhere all the time to save not just humanity but all of existence everywhere so the stakes got to get higher the thing is when they're done with that the stakes can't get any higher what are they going to do right. next for that's, a plot line it's the so, same problem with animes you, you keep having this power creep and this power creep and this power right creep. They're, they're gonna have to start over from the bottom and you're gonna see daredevil again at the street level <laughs> right and, and then, and then you're going to move up from there about him finding something that's potentially Although that happens in comic books, too. You have your friendly neighborhood. Spider-Man starts fighting gods with Thor right. and, and other people. And he, he's like, he should never be in this field of play. But somehow he got here because just. Yeah, well, Spider-Man is always underestimated. But you're right. I mean, there's a world of difference between an enhanced human being and a god or right. somebody, that's, somebody that's perceived as a god or the whole who can hang yeah. with gods if he yeah if he if he's allowed to get mad for long enough he mm -hmm. can start doing some stuff but even in his own uh comic series he started having the the one of the fates one of the a couple of gods he was dealing with although he never you know squared up with them but they were messing with him you know they were bringing him into their own well, worlds and one of the reasons why people like Spider-Man is he's relatable. And even though he has superpowers, um, he he's a classic hero type that gods mm -hmm. can use for their own ends. So they don't have to personally meddle with him. But Spider-Man will take up the banner and do stuff. He's mm -hmm. very versatile. He's He's weak enough to almost seem like he's in danger with trained regular people with high skills and gadgets and technology. But he's strong enough to hang with the big boy. So he's right in between. So he's like a perfect... 
a character type for almost anything. Yeah. And, um, that that's how they that's how they look at it. That's how they use them. And that's another reason he's pop. He's relatable. I don't know how people uh, relate to Batman other than they have dreams of vigilantism and they believe that they they just have enough money they could right wrongs and teach people a lesson. And Superman, of course, he's such a good boy <laughs> that you want to be like him. You're so powerful, you don't have to worry about anything. So you mm-hmm. can be just be a good person and help other people, and and that's very attractive. That's what I think a lot of people want to do, and they forget to think like, yeah, but he can't be hurt, and he's as strong as he needs to be, and he can shoot lasers out of his eyes, and he can mm-hmm. cold out of his breath. It's easy to be a good guy when you have absolutely no fears and worries whatsoever. Although there happens to be this super rare element of kryptonite everywhere lately. <laughs> <laughs> I love that in this series. Yeah. yeah. The super rare thing that shouldn't ever be here because it's galaxies away. Oh, we got tons of it. We had tons of it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that that strains credulity and wears on people. When you see these things constantly, this super rare thing. Well, that's why it's a movie, people, because it's been documented and it's rare and it's exciting and people want to see it. And I know they get it and you have to suspend disbelief to watch this. But after a while, people just can't suspend disbelief anymore and the characters and the plot becomes boring and you cease caring and you're not going to watch them. And that's when, when everybody gets sick of them, they're not doing, but like you said, they, they did that to you with wonder woman. And I heard what you told me and other people told me about her and how they're using her powers and her character in such a way to make it just a turn off. And you quickly lose interest because it has no internal consistency. You, you know, the thing is, is, and it's not because, and I know people are going to jump on that. It's because you hate women or something, whatever they have. I no, love, I, I love the concept of the movie. They had an 80s movie. They went retro with it. I loved how they went about. Yeah, and the first Wonder Woman movie was fantastic. Mm-hmm. They did a great I, job. And I've always liked Wonder Woman, even though she's been hokey. She has an invisible jet for no reason, even though she can yeah, fly. Yeah, you like, know, it when it came weird. out in the 50s, uh, you know. Yeah. yeah but but she was she People. was a badass she she could fight really well she could block bullets yeah she could do, she's she one of the best she attack, uh, a lasso that can make people fighters of the whole would, troop yeah mm-hmm. tell the truth she had a lot of utilities and assets that a lot of that actually fit well into the dc and she's world. a goddess herself diana mm-hmm. greek yeah you know? so yeah I, I actually do like that character a lot my actually favorite one and i'm waiting for them to do another iteration one is spawn that is one of my favorite. They're doing it. Yeah, so I, just say, I, heard, I heard they're doing it uh, for DC. One of my favorite characters is Martian Manhunter. I did hear they were going to do a version of that. He's okay. <laughs> yeah, you have yeah, to. I... He's a type, you know. So yeah, you either you either dig him or you hate him. Mm-hmm. Or you, or, so, but I enjoy the character. I like what they tried to do with the character. Um, he's a little too passive but he has to be because superman is the main guy for dc he's the first superhero Mm -hmm. that knocked it out of the park for dc so he's the guy um funny enough prince namor is the first superhero character period came out i believe in the late 20s or early 30s before anybody else and he's a marvel creation Hmm. marvel didn't exist then but they were assumed and grew into other things. He's a Mar- and you barely hear about him or see about him. And Aquaman is a direct ripoff of Prince Namor. They're hmm. almost, they're almost identical in powers, abilities. I have always hated Aquaman. He has never been cool. Yeah, even when yeah. they have a really cool looking guy play him. Like the last always... one with Jason Momoa, yeah. he did a yeah. great job. Super was... cool looking dude. And I'm like, well conceptualized. Yeah, and 
that I said Prince he Aquaman is a direct ripoff of Prince Namor. Mm-hmm. Um and Prince Namor is a mutant, so he's still buddies with the X-Men type. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough. Yeah, the X-Men movies are definitely an interesting subject because they did really, really well and in the last couple of movies didn't do that well. The, the Dark Phoenix and such right. did not do that well. And I'm I'm interested to see why. I'm wondering if it's because people just stopped caring or they violated something about it or they couldn't keep I think maintain they, it. I don't think they did it well. I just don't think they executed the story well. It was a lot for a lot of people because it, it got it got really big really quickly because the mutants used to be kind of the under the underdogs of the superhero class they used to have to deal with you know guns and such and have to worry about that now you're dealing down with all that yeah now you're dealing with you're dealing with a god essentially you're dealing with dr manhattan you're dealing with somebody who can just change anything with a but dr a, manhattan was a different now he's dc and he's I, I compare one. him to dr manhattan but i'm talking about the the villain i can't remember his name but the, the egyptian god who was oh apocalypse power. apocalypse it's an easy name i forgot it <laughs> right right well that was that was not that was the second to last x-men movie right, right. i think and dark phoenix well. was the last one mm-hmm. yeah maybe they just they just overestimated what they thought people were ready for with believability and what the X-Men characters could do, or it simply was just a bad story that people weren't interested in. You lost that personal flavor with like X-Men first class, I think was their best one by far. Mm -hmm. And it's been shown comic books itself have proven this. When you lean on heavy character development and make them interesting and people want to know what happens to them next, that's when you get, huge audiences that's when they learned that with logan though that's what's confusing i mean they did that with Lo- with uh, wolverine they did a whole nother series with him they have a right. whole movie with him and it was he's a, a likable character yeah know? funny thing he was created as a parody uh or something like nobody's gonna like this we're gonna make him unlikable then we're gonna kill him off later turns out everybody liked him mm-hmm. and they had to keep him alive and and the people <laughs> who created him hated it <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, funny. Yeah, you I never can see know. Because in the iterations of the comic books, he's just some stout, mouthy person that's always on a cigar and just bad ready to mood. stab anybody, right. no matter what. Yeah, right. always got a bad mood and attitude. Yeah, that's that's it. And that's why they did it that way. So people would dislike him and they could actually have a death that people wouldn't give him flack for. Turns out it backfired on him and they had to keep him alive. <laughs> and they kept him alive by making his healing factor so high he couldn't die. And, mm-hmm. you know, and giving him animanium, of course, uh, that kind of thing. But it's interesting. And, and that's what I'm saying. That the character alone was kept alive due to fans demanding more of it. Right. I he, he first showed up and I had the comic. That's how I know with Wolverine against the Hulk. He, he was the one who took a full power shot from an enraged Hulk and got up to fight some more. And everybody's like, I, I want to see more of this guy. Mm hmm. So. I think that's also a great showing of DC's mindset on their superheroes because it takes them a lot of feedback, of negative feedback for them to change their ways. Well, that's anybody because honestly, you only hear from people most of the time when yeah, they're yeah. angry. Mm-hmm. That's true too. So if but, you have a silent remember... majority and you're and people vote with money more than anything, if you're making yeah. money and even though you have people yelling at you about 
how horrible this is, but you've made a pile of money, you're not really going to listen too much. Right. Loud yeah, exactly. Well, people. this this success tells me otherwise. You know? Correct. So they, have, so they have this obvious, you know. But to, to say that people have hated Robin forever in Batman series, and they well, voted to kill him multiple times. <laughs> no, just they kept him around once. And I only know that. And I'm not a giant Batman fan, like I've said. But a friend of mine was when we talked about I remember when this happened in the uh, mid to late 80s. And it was Jason Todd, who's now called the Red Hood. And they voted to kill him because people were just they wanted some gritty reality that the 80s was a decade of gritty reality for comic books. And Jason Todd was a prime example of that. And they voted to off him. Of course, now they have Red Hood, so they brought him back. Joker didn't really kill him. Mm-hmm. But for all intents and purposes at that time, for a couple of decades, he was dead and was killed, not just mm-hmm. by a monster, but by one of the common villains for Batman. And it was also to show that is what Batman's doing proper? Shouldn't he just off him? Because he keeps coming back and killing his people. He killed one of his beloved boys that he's mentoring and that was mm-hmm. nothing batman and robin have caught a lot of flack for that about the gay undertones right the pedophilia even, a little yeah, bit. yeah yeah they've caught a lot of flack for that so but they've never even hinted at it in the movies and they've kept it pretty as wholesome as can be for that kind of relationship to show it's just a more of a father-son or uncle nephew mm-hmm. relationship and he's training and batman always picks these poor uh, downtrodden boys that need guidance and assistance and they are they're already athletic or they have certain kind of grit and will to them to want to see yeah uh, i'm sure it reminds him of him when he was a child correct blah, blah, that's blah. the idea that is the yeah. idea and that is truly what the comic book is trying to do it's only the people that have their own problems projecting their nonsense onto batman and robin that see that or have experienced it in the past and they see it something mm-hmm. similar again so they project their own stuff on there but that's that's not really what it's all about. Mm-hmm. So I'd be curious to see where DC goes with this. Uh, I think that they could do a very good job. I don't believe that they have screwed the pooch yet uh, because the last DC movie where they just saw a peak of dark side with the last one was mm-hmm. there. Um, they did stub their toe pretty badly with Green Lantern just because mm-hmm. it was hokey and marvel has done such a better job i don't think they need to adopt marvel's tone they need to just stay dc they just need to get I better think that's what, what they're, they're trying but dc so hokey i don't think it i don't think it expresses well in a cinema mat, fat format it can it can because you see these it have uh, to be a lot of tongue-in-cheek the whole time no i don't i don't think so look that. what they did with superman it was well received well done and he is but that was a completely different iteration personally i think they yes but what i mean is completely different light they can keep that feel mm-hmm. they can I, keep that i don't theme. think they kept that feel henry henry Cavill no, was way grittier way more yes way more realistic but they got too dark they, they took that and went even darker and that's batman what, as well that's what did well the, the grittier ones but that's batman that's mm-hmm. the, that's the character he's a gritty character he's a street guy he's he, he doesn't have any powers. He's got a pile of money and he's crazy, mm-hmm. you know? So that's what made that character. The problem is they put everybody, they took all the other Justice League type characters and brought them into the Batman world. And that's not appropriate. These are super powered guys. They don't need to be like Batman. Batman has to be gritty and hardcore because if he makes a mistake, he dies. He's just a regular dude in a suit. 
Right. They they have superpowers and they're durable. He is not. Mm-hmm. Except his mind makes him that way because he right. doesn't he's allow mistakes. He'll die he's otherwise. Grim. Yes, yeah. he's grim and he's meticulous and he thinks everything through from every possible angle because he has to. Mm-hmm. The other the other heroes, superheroes don't have to. So don't make them like him. Don't make them super serious. People don't want to see that in those characters. And it makes it for a movie that's just tiresome and boring. Although even though you have existence on Earth being wiped out by Darkseid and his people, as you do in every superhero movie at some point, there's a proper way to handle it and an improper way to keep the audience entertained. And that's really the bottom line. At least I think so. I get back to what you're saying. I back it up. I, I do think, yeah, the Ryan Reynolds with uh, Green Lantern was a poor choice, even though I love Ryan Reynolds. He yeah. is not the character for that. He just He's a more of a comic, jokey type, and Green Lantern's never been that guy. He's never been mouthy. He's been more serious. Oh, the Hal me. Jordan Green Lantern guy? Yeah, he's been fairly straight-up guy. Mm-hmm. Um, just he's an average guy Spider-Man with a ring. Type of guy. Yeah, average guy with a ring and or Deadpool super, as Ryan Reynolds is now, <laughs> and super strong will. That's why he was chosen. That's that's the whole point. So you're right. Of course, he was an airline pilot, so he's going to have some seriousness to him. He was a military pilot. I'm talking about his character. So that Hal Jordan character is going to have some seriousness to it, but not to the degree that they they require. But of course, he hasn't shown up in Justice League yet. Just that one standalone movie. Right. True. And we'll see if they introduce him later, if they do a two with Darkseid coming personally and they have to have a Green Lantern help out and then Kyle Jordan's there. I don't know. We're just guessing here. Yeah. Personal problems with them is I've always loved Green Lantern's idea and I've hated how they execute him every time. Yeah. Because he's always underwhelming. It's always underwhelming. Yeah. The idea is if he can do anything with his imagination because of super technology and his will, why doesn't he, why does he do lame things? Yeah. I'm going like to make a big gloves. fist and hit yeah. them with it. Oh, like, brilliant. Like, ba- like baseball gloves and you know, shovels. <laughs> yeah. Like what? Really? Yeah. 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 yeah that, that it, don't get it. And that's to me is why I love spawn is because he essentially has the same powers, mm-hmm. but they're a lot more creative with the way he executes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they go ahead and let imagination run wild. And they could do the same thing with Green Lantern. Perhaps there'll be some infinitesimal joy that somebody will hear us and do that for the Green Lantern and reinvent that character <laughs> yeah. again. That would be very nice. And that would make him the cosmic heavy hitter he really is. If they, I'm did sure that. these aren't original feedbacks they've heard before. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure we aren't the first ones to think of this. Mm-hmm. Um, do you happen to know what the next uh, superhero movie is? Like, I know Moon Knight's coming out with a series on Disney Plus to prepare him for Marvel Phase Five. He's the beginning of Phase Four, so he'll be in the movies at some point, probably. Actually, don't. The latest ones I caught up with were the new Venom movie with Carnage, and I wanted to see that. I haven't seen it yet. You haven't seen it? That. I haven't either. Um, Woody Harrelson is Carnage in this one, and he's a great actor. And if they stick to the original comic storyline of Spider-Man in the mid '80s, and that happened, I read I'm it already. Comic book. I'm like, I already know they're not going to because I saw the first movie. It was nothing like Venom is. No, but it was enjoyable. Yeah, they they took the idea that he was an alien that came down, and then they went in a totally different direction, and that's mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. But they did with uh, Carnage. It seems like they did kept to the idea that 
it was a piece of venom like carnage that venom is his father and carnage is the son of venom and he merged with a uh, serial killer and it made him crazy these things are symbiotes that take up for and think like whatever their host does so they merge together and they create their own host oh next one is um black adam Black Adam. They've been touting that for a while, so long that I forgot about it. That's DC. So that's the mm-hmm. next one that's coming out. When does it do? July 29th, 2022. So that's so we have like a four month wait, five month wait before uh, that. Yeah. No other, no other superhero. Well, like I said, Moon Knight's coming out, I think, in a series, but movies is going to be Black Adam. No other superhero movies coming out. Marvel. I do or know uh, Morbius. More it's coming out. Oh, that's coming out May April first. So you mean I, Morpheus? Uh, or they say no, Morbius. They're saying Morbius, but the the vampire. Yes. Okay, they call him. Okay. Yeah, Morpheus was a different character, even in uh, Marvel. Not not uh, Lawrence Fishburne in the Matrix. <laughs> well, but, technically, so, okay. So here we go. So I'm getting the actual footage because <laughs> I had to click on it to see. So Batman's the next one coming out March fourth. The Batman movie's coming out. Okay, the the new the the next reinvention of Batman. We're start Robert all Pattinson. over again. Okay. Yeah, and that's March fourth, twenty twenty two. Yeah, so less than a month away, and then Morbius with and then uh, Doctor Vampire. Strange. And now Morbius was introduced with Spider Man. That was not a standalone character. He was a yeah introduction with Spider Man. And uh, I remember I him being a bad guy, just only a he bad was, guy. He was a bad guy, but he ended up turning out to be a good guy later. Uh, anti-hero just, or good guy uh all of it he, okay. he's moved through the whole thing he started gotcha. out because he was made crazy by his mutation that occurred mm-hmm. to him and then he moved through the entire thing of villain super villain to anti-hero to hero so, i hope they bring in I blade i don't know i'm sure they will blades, blade's a big, yeah, blade's blade. a big marvel character i I'd be surprised if they don't do that. That's almost a gimme. I, yeah, I it really is. Not doing that. And he's a good character. That was a great idea. He's, he's to me as an anti-hero because he just, whoever's in the way of me killing vampires is getting got. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, and he was made to be that way. Again, it was the 80s. The 80s was all about anti-heroes. They, they started dumping them on everybody then. and uh, They were made famous or they went away or they were offed. So, <laughs> so Blade made it through. So he's definitely going to be around. And a lot of people like him. He's a good character. Great concept. So you'll have that one. Morbius. And after that is what? Oof. Doctor Strange in the multiverse. Yeah, oh, that's going to be a great one. I, I love Doctor Strange. So that should be fun. Mm-hmm. So when is that coming out? That is May 6th. May 6th. Okay. So we have quite a few before Black Adam come out. Comes out. The thing is, we're biased here because we love superheroes. Correct. So. I, I grew up reading them and I'm seeing them come to life here in a fashion that doesn't seem hokey. Mm-hmm. Uh, that seems believable with internal consistency. And I see the plot lines and stories and characters of that come to life on the movie. So yeah, I'm all about it. If you're not all about it, I understand because after a while you just <laughs> cease caring because you don't, they don't have proper character development and that's not on you. That's on the people making the movie. Because that's what made people want to follow comics back in the day. They developed the characters and fleshed them out to be human beings, and right. not just not just ink drawings and, and silliness. They made them have a full spectrum of 
human feelings, emotions, and thoughts, and friends, and everything else. You know, I say I'm excited for these, but I can actually say I'm not going to watch any of these in the theaters. I'll just wait. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, we still have the bug going around. So uh, sitting for two. And that's the other thing. The length of these movies have gotten pretty large, well over two hours in many instances. Which I'm and, OK with. Yeah, actually. as long as it as long because they're action filled. They really are. And, and it takes time to make a make a story like that, too. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to sit in a theater for two and a half, three hours with, people, yeah. with somebody who may be thick breathing the same air. I'm so, not even worried about that part. I just genuinely, not right now. that wasn't going around. I would just be like, meh, I'll wait until yeah. it yeah. comes out. And you know it's going to be six months or so when it's available to download. You know, right. watch, watch on uh, Roku or uh, Netflix or stream from somewhere. From <laughs> You're going to be able to see it. Um, although the prices on them have skyrocketed since everybody's staying home. Used to be you'd rent the movie for $7.99. I just saw the, the latest Matrix Resurrections, $25.99 for a rental. Boy. I was like, yeah, that's that's not going to happen. That's more, I mean, I, I suppose they're trying to be like, well, you know, if you brought three people with you to the theaters, that'd be about well, that. For a now in the evenings uh on the gulf coast it's 12.99 so if you have a couple that's about what you're going to pay 25.99 for two people so i know they're trying to recapture that revenue but they don't have the middleman of the movie theater to pay right yeah you're they're, just streaming this yeah you have this on some server somewhere right. there's no you're, real you're not, that. you're not delivering film to anybody you're not having all these other expenses associated with it you're just having it in a server that's being downloaded that I'm already paying a subscription for Correct. to have access to this. <laughs> Correct. Which is very interesting. Yeah. And I don't see it going down unless people simply just scoff at it and go, $26? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. And simply stop doing it. Yeah. I think the only one I'm actually going to maybe see in theaters is The Flash coming out November 4th. So that's quite a while. I like The Flash. I you hope like they the, do well. You like the new version of The Flash? Yeah. Not the uh, CW version. CW version. He's a little too, too wholesome for me. He's a little too. I'm gonna do the right thing. Although well, this guy's the Flash character was always that way. So I'm yeah. Okay this with one's that. a little bit more mouthy, and I think that's how I perceive the Flash is mouthy because mm -hmm. he gets to say things really fast and mm -hmm. mess with people while he's being a little bit bit of a gnat or a mosquito mm -hmm. until, until he finally gets serious with them. Right. He's uh. He's truly an OP character, even even more so than Superman and Martian Manhunter, to tell you the truth. If he's properly used, the way that they've presented and developed the character over the decades. Oh, yeah. He's got insane powers now. If He used to not be that crazy, but I think it, the power creep is just inevitable they, with him. Correct. They just have to introduce a new conflict, and for, in order for him to overcome the conflict, they have to develop his power and even more. So there you are. Mm -hmm. Same with the other characters. So that's it. So yeah. what do you what do you want to talk about on the next podcast? You don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> All right, we're gonna get in, we're gonna get into current events. Lately, just came out for our next podcast. We're gonna talk about the Russian and Chinese pact against America and the West that they created. Just came out today. Saw it on the New York Times. And they have had a long-term agreement 
that is just amazing to me as a boomer X that brings back memories of the cold war, uh, which I grew up under and they are simply displaying open hostility to the West and they're saying as much. And we'll talk about that in our next podcast. That's something we need to decide and discuss. And also I want to get your impression as somebody who didn't have to grow up during that period. You were born after the wall came down well after Tiananmen Square. Um, during you came up during a time when we started opening up trade with China and they were buying our property and, and buying our debt and we were get started getting goods from them. And now it's blown up half of Walmart is Chinese and most of electronics we're using now are Chinese in origin. We just don't know it. Mm-hmm. Even the ones who claim not to be, Oh, it's sold in America. It's sold in America, but it's, creating and assembled in china somewhere or at least the circuits are right right Um, type of Uh, aspect of it without them it it wouldn't exist so even korea they're making their electronics but they're getting a lot of components from china which is right next door to them so there's that in russia uh them being best of buddies and, and we'll talk about that article about how bad is it really is this just posturing but China is wanting to claim more islands in their in the South Seas, China South Seas. They and Taiwan, uh, Russia wants to capture the Ukraine, and they're looking to lean on each other and stop what they call the Western version of democracy. Uh, they claim to have their own version of democracy, which is far more authoritarian. And they say, "Look, there's not only one way to do democracy. I don't see how." China is democratic at all, to be honest with you. But <laughs> that's me saying it here. Oh, they're at least making some type of de- democratic efforts with pairing up with Russia. You got to give them that. Uh, that's not democratic. That's an alliance. <laughs> that's that's simply dem- diplomacy. I'm True. talking about the government over their people. And we'll do a little bit of research and discuss how we're hitting it and what we perceive about it. I'm sure I see it far differently than you do and what you think about it. And that'll be our next podcast. So thank you for listening and watching. Uh, Please like and subscribe, and we'll see you soon. Peace.